Today's sermon, interruption or opportunity. And I want to start this way. Um, the idea of this sermon, the idea of this passage is that in all things in our lives, God may be glorified. It's kind of this overarching idea that there are practical steps to what it would look like to surrender to Jesus. We've been in a series called The Power Paradox. And there's something about this Christian faith where when we kind of release our will into God's will, God's power fills us up. It's not about our earning our way or determining ourselves to be God's people, but rather opening ourselves up to God's spirit filling us up. And today's sermon is kind of a practical test of how well we're doing with that. I had the experience a few years ago of continuing in my New Year's resolution to want to be more fit. I've struggled with kind of weight issues and always wanting to kind of be the best person I could be. And I heard there was a new test called the body composition test. Perhaps some of you are familiar with it. In this test, one finds out the exact percentage of one's weight that is lean body mass, very good, muscle, or fat, not so good. Now, why I could not content myself with just trying to wear stylish and flattering clothes, I needed to know this exact percent, I'm not sure, because it was discouraging news. I hope that it won't be so for us. As we kind of take this practical test today from this passage, we're going to use the framework that the passage offers of three questions. Am I more loving? Am I more hospitable? Am I serving others with the strength that God provides? Those are the three that apply to all Christians. There's one little specific one you might have heard. If you speak, whatever gifts you have, use them. If you have the gift of speaking, do so as one speaking the very word of God. That's a particular challenge to preachers and teachers. That we are to be like an oracle of God. I think God has given us a great preacher in Scott Dudley. He is truly an oracle of God. Come on down every week. Bring a friend. Send the podcast. There is not a finer preacher today than the Reverend Dr. Scott Dudley. Enjoy. Yes, amen. <laughs> Scott and Christina Dudley celebrated their anniversary this past week, and that's why I'm here instead of Scott in particular. Do you know, between the two of them, they speak the word of God, I think, six times every week. Scott four times on Sunday, and then Men's Fraternity, and Christina at Women at the Well with Susan Burbank. It's an amazing gift, and it's an amazing challenge to speak the word of God. But for all of us, this question, am I more loving? Love covers a multitude of sins. Now, I'm a sinner, and I need that love, don't you all? Let me give you a little illustration. I really enjoy my commute to work. It ranges between 37 and 53 minutes. I always am watching the clock. If it gets past an hour, I don't enjoy it so much. But generally, this time in my car is kind of a time to reflect. I love to play Christian music or classical music and just kind of think about the day to come. I sometimes kind of imagine Jesus in the passenger seat with me, and I tell him what's going on. And one day I was on the way home, and I was thinking, 
thinking about the day, and I think even it was the end of the week, and being back with my kids, and I was just going along in my lane and noticing that those poor folks in the left lane, they were not moving at all. It was bumper-to-bumper traffic for miles, and I cruised along in the right lane thinking about these things and how my husband was out of town, and suddenly that reminded me I needed to pick up the children. That would involve being in the left lane. And so I turned on my blinker, and maybe some of you were there in the left lane. You were thinking, poor, poor gal, you know, she's, she's like, or maybe you were thinking, that's it, she's a jerk. What's she doing? She thinks she can just cut. I've been in here 40 minutes, and I'm, I had this expression on my face, please, I'm a sinner. Have mercy on me. Let me in the left lane. I'm begging. And this is a little kind of a tissue sample. How are you in traffic? (laughs) This passage that quotes uh, Proverbs 22 is written by Solomon, and it says this in Proverbs, hatred causes strife or road rage, but love covers a multitude of sins. How are you doing on this practical test of loving others? How are you at extending yourself to another, even a stranger, when it's inconvenient for you? I have a friend, Scott Dudley has a lot of friends. I have friends and relatives you're going to hear about today. I have a friend who's retired, and he says, you know, he's busier than ever. He could fill up his schedule. But one of his priorities is he's come to see his neighbors differently. He said, I was never really hanging around the neighborhood before. But now I know everyone on my cul-de-sac. And I know that there are two families who are having a tough time financially and a tough time in their marriage relationship. And it is hard for both these working parents to get home to be with their kids when they get home from school. So he said, one of the things I do is I just make sure I'm there in the cul-de-sac when the bus pulls up. I'm just a friendly face in the neighborhood just in case someone needs a snack or a little encouragement. What an amazing thing that this Christian man is extending himself to his neighbors. Maybe for you the challenge is right in your own family. Maybe those that you live with, your housemates, your extended family. I had a friend say to me, Kendi, when you are speaking about love, remind people that it's not always easy. It's not always the frosting on the cake. Sometimes it's very tough. Sometimes love means having to say no. Sometimes love is telling the truth when it's so hard to say. This friend said, Kendi, I have a relative that I've lent money to over and over and over, and they just continue to be kind of a bottomless pit of need. And I think love is saying, no, I'm not going to lend you any more money. Sometimes as a parent, love is saying, these options that you're considering, some of them are not healthy options. I love you, but I stand against this choice. Sometimes love is turning towards suffering and letting a dream pass that isn't going to come into being and loving, walking alongside anyway. Love covers a multitude of sins. The love of God covers all our sins. God is inviting us to be increasingly loving. The second question is this. Am I more hospitable without grumbling? Now, what is hospitality? I think it's more than just having folks over for dinner. It's more than seasonal decorating. It's more than having a Christmas party once a year. 
Have you ever known someone who's particularly hospitable? What are their attributes? Maybe they're welcoming. Maybe they're someone who goes out of their way to meet another person's need. I love going over to the Jubilee Reach Center, the community center that we're connected with, our church and this center, because it is a welcoming place. If you're ever in South Bellevue and you just need kind of a cup of tea, this is a place to stop by. There's warm tea or hot tea, hot coffee, and usually a cookie that you can just enjoy. I've had a sense when I first walked into JRC that it reminded me more of a four-star hotel lobby than a community center. I came to find out that Brent Christie, who's the executive director there, had his first career in the hospitality industry. It shows at JRC. This is this gift of a warm welcome. And truly, if you'd like to be part of JRC, they need people before school and after school and to help folks learn English as a second language. Church is intended to be this kind of place. This is the house of God. What could be more welcoming than to know that the God of the universe, his love is present here. And it's meant to be offered, not only even to those who come through our doors, but out online and out to our community. This root word of hospitality comes from the love, philo, like Philadelphia, of strangers, xenia, philo, xenia. That's hospitality. It's the enjoyment of hosting guests. The word for hospital finds its root in this same word. Did you realize that hospitals came out of the monastic movement? Prior to that time, in fact, prior to Constantine, there was infirmaries and people who were sick were set apart. But when monasteries came, there was such a sense of hospitality and love that the monks even took care of strangers. So that if you had someone in your family who was sick, you would take them to the monastery. And pretty soon it became part of what monasteries did, was care for the sick. They were called Hotel Du, the Hotel of God. By 1100, the Benedictine monks had established 2,000 hospitals. The first hospital in North America was called the Hospital de Jesus de Nazareno, the Hospital of Jesus of Nazareth, in Mexico in 1524, established by Cortez. There's a little history fact for you. Okay, maybe you're not up for founding a hospital this week. How about some simple way to extend yourself to someone? even when it's not convenient for you, and do so without grumbling. I have a friend who has a son who's in elementary school, and the story goes this way. The first week of school, this young man was uh, glad to be back together with his buddies, and it was maybe the second day of school. Everybody got their lunch, and the gang was headed out to the playground to get that picnic table and enjoy their lunch together, and this guy noticed that one of the guys from his class wasn't joining the other boys. And he stopped with his lunch tray and said, hey, do you want to come outside? Very hospitable. And the other guy said, no. He was a little nervous. So the principal caught this boy doing something right. This guy looked outside where he'd rather be and took the inconvenient surrender of sitting down and having lunch with the kid who didn't want to go outside. And the principal reported that the next day, the two of them were out there enjoying the company of the whole gang. This young man wasn't forced to make this choice. It wasn't out of duty. It welled up within him 
as a natural way to be kind. He's a child of our Sunday school here. He was surrendering his will to Jesus' will. Professor Anna Panetta says this about hospitality. To welcome the stranger is to acknowledge him as a human being made in God's image. It is to treat her as one of equal worth with ourselves, indeed as one who may teach us something out of the rich richness of experiences different than our own. How might you be called to extend hospitality this week? And then the last little test of how we're doing in our power paradox is this. Am I serving with the strength of God? Jesus took on the form of a servant. He was born as a human being. He even stooped so low as to wash the disciples' feet, the job of a servant. Then he took on shame on the cross. What more could love say than the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus? I've been impressed really throughout my lifetime with the humility of Dr. Reverend Dr. Dick Leon, the former senior pastor from this congregation. Dick represents the humility of Jesus to me. He and his wife, Carolyn, when they left this church, came to worship at Sammamish Presbyterian Church, where my husband and I were pastors. Dick and Carolyn sang in the choir, and one day, when they heard there was a need for teaching in Sunday school, I honestly think Dick ran out into the narthex and was the first one to sign up. That was his character, to respond to all that God had done for him. They earnestly chose to put the needs of others before themselves. Here at FPCB, we hear about so many ways to love, to serve, to be hospitable. In Sunday school or at Jubilee Reach or right now in the Eastside Academy, there's a need to be mentors. Just meet with someone one hour a week. My husband's doing it and he loves it. It's making a difference in his life that on that particular day, he meets the need of another. This passage not only encourages us to put our faith into action, but to do so in the strength of God's spirit. Where do we get this strength of spirit? From God himself. As we worship, as we're shaped by God's word, we come to this place on Sunday mornings expecting to meet God, don't we? Expecting to receive God's encouragement. This place kind of reminds me of, have you ever watched um, car races? I don't love the racing part, but I love the pit stops. You know, the car pulls over into the pit stops and they go on the clock and it's like everyone goes into action. It's kind of like a small group to me. Like they, they get the wheels off, they put the new wheels on, they change the oil, they put in gas and the driver just sits there. It's, it's, it's like getting retooled. Maybe this church on Sunday mornings or through the week is more like a launch pad. It's like the power of God, the engine of God is being revved up and then we're being sent out there as, as kind of like little samples of the kingdom out in the world. Maybe for you this place is more like a locker room where the coach gets the team together and says, okay team, this is what I want to see. This is who I want you to be. This is what the kingdom looks like. Now get out there. We have a great coach in Jesus Christ. We have a great oracle of God in Scott Dudley. Friends, we have been blessed to be a blessing. From God's point of view, our body composition is always acceptable. If you're over 20% body fat, it's okay. Join the crowd. I'm with you. 
But how about our percent of spirit? God is inviting us to be 100% spirit-filled. Absolutely, it's a journey. It's a journey of surrender. But how about just a little bit more? I have a friend who told this story about her dad. Her dad's a sales rep and he visits hospitals and things haven't been going so well lately in this economy. He had a tough meeting coming up and he had a big presentation to get ready for a major client. And he was kind of wondering how it was going to go, but he was as ready as he could be. And starting his day that day in the presence of God, he was kind of reminded that as he goes from hospital to hospital, he often sees in the parking lot someone who has a need. Maybe they're begging for money. Maybe they are begging for food. And he began to think, you know, what could I do to make a difference? I don't really want to hand money over. So on this particular morning, he decided he would pack a simple lunch and if he saw one of these folks who needed a meal he would just hand the lunch over he'd be ready hospitable if you will ready to offer what he had so he packed up this simple lunch peanut butter and jelly sandwich and an apple went to the first hospital and was on the lookout for the recipient of the lunch and didn't see anyone he went to the second meeting, the big one, the tough one, and as he walked in, he didn't really notice anyone. He thought, certainly on the way out, this is it for my day, there's going to be someone who needs this lunch. Well, there was not a homeless person in sight when you're looking for them. So he went all the way back home. He's sitting at his home office in front of the computer, and the doorbell rings. Now, who could this be in the late afternoon ringing the doorbell? It was an unwelcome interruption. It turned out to be a guy going door to door selling magazines. Now, my buddy, my friend's dad wasn't really interested in magazines, but he said, well, you want to sit down for a minute and have a glass of water? This looks like kind of tough work going door to door. He said, yeah, I'd love to sit down. And they were having a glass of water. And the guy started to tell his story. He's a single parent. He has two boys. He's not really able to make a living here. And the guy, the sales rep guy, realizes, hey, this guy might be hungry. I have a lunch all made. So he says to the guy, would you like some lunch? And he said, yeah, that'd be great. So we went in and brought the lunch back and gave it to him. And if you're thinking, I could never have done this, there's a class for you over at JRC on how to be loving and kind. <laughs> and then he took that extra step of a gracious host and said, can I get you anything else? And the guy said, yeah, could I have some more jelly? <laughs> Absolutely, more jelly it is, to God be the glory. How might God be inviting you just in your everyday life to reveal God's spirit, to be just a little bit more loving, a little bit more hospitable, to be willing to serve without grumbling? Friends, this is the kingdom of God at work in us and through us. Please pray with me.